With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish Podcast. Hello, you're listening to Fulhamish Extra, your weekly extra dosage of Fulham FC content. I'm your host, Don Betts, and joining me on today's podcast is the one and only Guy Barlow. Coming up on today's show, we have a look ahead to Saturday's game at Craven Cottage against Bristol City, and obviously look ahead to Fulhamish's Richard Osman-endorsed Player of the Decade World Cup. But first, if you haven't seen on our social media channels this week, at Fulhamish Pod, we've released some new merch ahead of Christmas. You can purchase the Fulhamish mug, you know, one that isn't Jack Collins, a white Meters on Fire t-shirt, or just a plain and simple black Fulhamish logo t-shirt. They're all the perfect gift for any member of the Fulham family you know this Christmas. Order by December the 12th for worldwide Christmas delivery. Would you like the latest Fulham breaking news straight to your phone? I thought you might. If so, sign up to the Fulhamish WhatsApp channel and you'll receive regular match day updates, transfer updates, breaking FFC news and podcast alerts. It's 100% free and you can opt out anytime if you want. To sign up, go to fullermish.co.uk forward slash WhatsApp and follow the instructions. That's fullermish.co.uk forward slash WhatsApp. Finally, Richard, um, you're very well known on Twitter for your World Cups, your yes. World Cups of crisps, chocolates, yep. and and everything that you've uh, you've, yep. you've kind of built. It. It's been several years now. You've been doing a uh, brand. Cups. Yeah, well, we're about to do a TV show of it as well, which is the World Cup of the Decade, which is um, best film of the decade, best TV show, best song, best uh, best celebrity. Well, this is what I was thinking. So I saw that you're doing the World Cup of the Decade, yeah. and you're currently voting for that at the moment. So it gave me an idea. Would you be willing to endorse Fulhamish doing a Fulham World Cup oh, of the Decade? Oh, you must. Yeah, listen, every, everyone nicks the idea, and that's absolutely fine. So it's not really you can't. Um, uh, but of all the people, of course you can do it. Okay. Yeah, I'd love a World Cup of Fulham. Was um, it best player? Or so we were thinking maybe best player of the decade as, it, as, oh, as we roll around to the new year yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and roll around to the new decade. So um, do you want to give me a couple of uh, names for the shortlist for, well, uh, for 2010 to 2020? I'll tell you this for a fact. And that is these things are always won by the most recent people, mm. especially with football. So everyone will vote for Mitro. Right. Okay. Everyone will vote for Mitro, which will be unfair on the on on the players. Do you from, not think players like maybe like with Breda Hang with such iconic I mean, players from the beginning of the decade? The guy I would vote for is Hangland. Yeah. You know, in a heartbeat. You know, even Zoltan Guerra or something. That's what I've got. You know, Demp was Demp. Well, it's hard to remember when people. Dempsey left. was here during the during this yeah, yeah. decade. Yeah, of course he was. Um, it's hard for some of that generation because some of their best moments were actually before before the decade. That's, but that's you know, the Europa thing. League final was in. This decade, yeah, yeah, so. no, it's um, I listen. I would say that Mitro will win because that's the wisdom of crowds, and they'll they usually vote for the thing they last saw. Uh, I would say that Hangland should win. Okay, he'd be my uh, he'd be my favourite. Um, you want to have some wild cards in there? See, I would have, <laughs> I would have, and no one else would have. I'd put Brian Ruiz in there because you think when Brian Ruiz played <laughs> properly. You know, when you actually saw what he was capable of. He was a wonderful... Oh my God, you're an amazing footballer. Yeah. And then he just didn't like being booed, did he? No. Uh, and, and I don't yeah. think he liked Wet Tuesday Nights. Yeah, um, I think he... Up at West Brom I, and I, all I, of I, that. I think he was... I think he's happier in Costa Rica... 
So as promised, we officially kicked off the Richard Osman endorsed Fulham World Cup Player of the Decade. If you haven't seen all the polls to vote on, they're currently on our Twitter account now, at Fulhamish Pod. And on our Last Sport Radio show with Charlie Hawkins, we took a look at the quarterfinal matchups, and me and Guy had our say on who our favourite players have been over the last 10 years. Group A, very, very tough one this year. Mark Schwarzer, Danny Murphy, Ross McCormack, and Brian Ruiz. This this was a tough one for me. I just want to say quickly, I've taken part in this guy. I've voted. So have I. I've, I and I've got my reasoning, and I'm ready to... Yeah, no, but I, I would hope you'd vote. Yeah. You're from the front of this <laughs> yeah, team. I mean, I've, um, I've got involved I've, as well. Yeah, it was, a, it was <laughs> tough, obviously, between the two male ones, Mark Schwarzer and Danny Murphy here. I went Mark Schwarzer. Can I say my criteria is a bit, is a bit different? Well, maybe. So I've done it based on not the best player, but the importance that they had to that Fulham team at the time. And I think this I like should, that. And I think this should have been specified in the question, but that's a whole other thing. Whoa. So, Bl- 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 speak, there, speak know, to Mr. James. Vision in the ranks speak at, to, at the speak Fulhamish to Sa- team. Yeah, well, yeah, speak to Sammy. It's all, and all and I think a few players were missed out. There should have been another category. There's yeah, I there's holes we, in this. I reckon we could have done, done a round. I we done a round of sixteen, not even a quarter. Is it? Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah, there's. Definitely, uh, I didn't like a few few of the players that were in the same groups as well. Yeah, but for me, I went Mark Schwarzer. I know Danny Murphy was vital to this. We team. should have done a seeding and two and yeah, two. I, but I just thought Mr. Treat. I just thought we hundred percent would not have reached any possible level we ever did without Mark Schwarzer. Okay, because he was so good. We haven't had a good keeper since Matt Roddick is probably or maybe, apart from Rico last season. It's probably the best goalkeeper we've had since. We haven't had a stable number one since. And who did you go with, Guy? Uh, I went for Ross McCormack because otherwise we'd be a League One team right now. Wow, that shocks me. Ross, you see, Ross McCormack really divides opinion at Fulham. Some people thought he was just there for the money, and mm. but some, but then you have to look at his goals. Like, albeit it didn't work out, but without I've got to his be honest, goals, I was surprised he was included. He all. almost single-handedly kept us up for two seasons. You're, you're, com- yeah, you are completely right, and and I think where Dom says dividing opinion, I, I maybe I'm I'm remembering all the other stuff, and when I say the best players, I, I never consider him. You know, how it sort of. Came to the end. Some people say yes, he kept us up single handed for two seasons. But then some people argue, obviously, as soon as he left, we started doing yeah, well. Of course, yeah. It, but is that just a matter? Because well, we had Savic Jukanovic at the helm, and he was getting his first preseason. Definitely. But I just went for Schwarzer because I don't think we've ever reached seventh. We have never reached the Europa League final without him. I understand Danny Murphy had a key part to play in this as well. He's our captain. But mm. Mark Schwarzer is possibly the, the best free transfer that anyone will ever make. Goat free transfer. All right, uh, <laughs> Group B. Uh, who were the players and who did you vote for here, Dom? So we had Breda Hanglin, Tom Kearney, Dimitar Berbatov and Simon Davis. The player I voted for, for some reason, has the lowest amount of votes and that's Simon Davis. Really? Literally, when I looked at it, he was at 1% of the voting. So it was just, it was just me. <laughs> Lit 1%. I'm d- I just oh, don't I feel a bit bad for Simon Davis. <laughs> he scores the goal and gets us back in, in the semi-final. Yeah. He scores the equaliser in the Europa League final. You've got the Europa League run there. He is one of my, he's my favourite, if not one of my favourite Fulham players of all time. Player of the decade for me, Hanglin. Yes, he he was amazing for us. But Simon Davis, I think, just there's so many memories I've got of him. Okay, that goal against Hamburg, that goal against Atletico Madrid. You're stating your case strong here, but only one percent agreed with you, Dom. Guy, who did you go for? <laughs> um, again, I've gone on importance, and only one of these players scored the winning goal in a playoff final, and that's Tom Kearney. So I've wow. gone for him. Okay, you're just wrong, aren't you? And <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> Breda Hengland played. He, he, what, so he left in 2013 when we got relegated. So I mean, McGaff kicked him out. Yeah, but um, so he only played for the first three years of the decade and was pretty poor in our relegation season. 
Um, I know he's still he's still a club legend. Yeah, yeah. 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 But you're going um, on this decade. Yes. I just that go, I just, that I is the I question. Guy's got criteria. The question. Yeah. Uh, the, the very very specified <laughs> criteria. It's, it's not my criteria. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it says decade, and decade started in 2010. I think you can possibly make an argument for all four players in here <coughs> because let's say you look at Hangland. Where's well, the grouping once his, again? His, his leadership and you know it's bred of Hangland. Even if you go to 2010 onwards, you got Tom Kearney. You know join, joins the club in Blackburn, becomes our club captain, scores the winning goal at Wembley. You got Dimitar Berbatov, who's arguably the most skillful player the club's ever seen after George Best. And unbelievable. And you and, and you got Simon Davis, who scored the goal in the semi-final and final of the Europa League. So I went with Simon Davis just because he probably is after you know maybe Louis Saha, but. No, he probably is one of my favourite Fulham player of all time, just because yeah. of what he brought to the club. So that's why I went with him. But yeah, people I've definitely decided decided with Hangman mainly at the moment. But remember, you still got mainly. the time to sixty uh, percent. Yeah, mainly. Yeah. Simon Davies has crept up to three percent. Oh come <laughs> on, boys! He's in it. He's in it because the, the voting is still open. Fourteen so please, hours left. Fourteen hours left. Get on the Fulhamish Twitter and, and cast your votes now. Uh, group C, then Dom. Oh, uh, we have Moussa Dembele the first, uh, Clint Dempsey, Ryan Sessegnon, and Stefan Johansson. And you went for... Why is Stephanie Hansen in there? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I guarantee you this is, this, is, this is a Jack Collins inclusion here. But I, I just went with, with Moussa Dembele because maybe you say Burbs was the most technically gifted player the clubs I've seen, I said. But this Moose, was a tough but group Moose, for me. But Moussa Dembele is the best player. I've ever yeah. seen a Craven College. I would agree with that, but I've gone for Clint Dempsey. <laughs> I have to say, I've never voted for Clint Dempsey. I wouldn't vote for him. I voted for Dempsey I'd, as well. I'd, I'd, I'd probably put Sessignon above him. No way, <laughs> no don't be way. stupid. I, Come on, The Dom. way he left the club. Yeah, I know, things like that do vo- linger. I'm not going to vote for someone who No, I'm similar. Play I'm stubborn decade, like that. Someone who refused to play for the club. Yeah, it's very true. And that's why the, and these then when questions he came back, he, is one of, he was one of the worst players I've ever seen. All right, well, uh, finishing it off then, Group D, who have we got, Dom? Uh, we've got Mitrovic, Zoltan Gira, Aaron Hughes and Tim Ream. I went with Zoltan Gira. Wrong. <laughs> I... He's There's only one answer here, and it's so obvious. It's unbelievable. I think seventy percent of the people agree with you. Yeah. What? Well, I voted Aaron Hughes. Did they? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely Aaron Hughes. I, I he's just, the winner of these four groups. He's, probably, he's still playing, isn't he? Probably. Legend. Do, do two go through from each group, or, do, or just? I think it's just one. Oh really? Yeah, to form a final group. Is that it? For yeah, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Not much of a World Cup. <laughs> Semi-finals, semi finals <laughs> two, two rounds? Semi finals okay. final job done. Mm. But I went with Zoltan Gira just Legend. Just, I do like Gira. I just I, I think it's just yes, Mitch Mitrovic, you know, he's he's probably my favourite player we've got now, but I, I still I Not still, for the decade I, though. I, I yeah, but I still think the I still think for me the your my best memories are gonna obviously I always feel your best memories are when you were younger. Yeah, I always feel like they are when you were younger, and Zol- and Zoltan Gira did provide so many. Not not just you know Europe. I just think, just he sort of went under, he came from not nowhere, but he wasn't favoured when he first joined the club. Albeit this was in two thousand and eight, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. But just the memories I've got of him in Europe, in that Europa League run, I just cast you know that that Juventus game. So you know the the winner against Hamburg. That's uh, memories wise is what made me go with on Gear. But I totally understand people who obviously went for Mitrovic. You know who did you go for, guy? I went for Dempsey. Um, no, in the last group, sorry. Oh, oh, in the last group, oh Mitrovic. Um, not Aaron Hughes. Not Aaron Hughes. Not Tim Ring. Not, not Aaron Hughes. I know if Dennis Adore was in here, you go for him. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Fabry? How did he not make it? Uh, how did he not <laughs> That's make it? That's what I mean. What's gone wrong here, guys? <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. You can't have polls like this and not include the great man. Well, the reason I went for Mitrovic is because I was actually, again, maybe taking the question a bit too literally, in that how long 
did Gira stick around after the Europa League? You know, like, yeah, I, I like, guess he, he, I, I haven't what, looked. Guys, he's, you've done this with a fine tooth comb. Well, like if, if, he's got, if you've got if you play out the whole decade, you've got to be there for at least three years. Mm. When I'm looking, when I'm, I'm just looking at Dave, I'm looking at as they played for us in this decade, okay. and, who, and who's been my favourite player out of those four? Well, that that's different. Just quickly, because I, I didn't. Who is winning? Because I know we said you voted. Do we say who was winning in each? Oh yes. So Mitch Rich is winning in the Group fourth D. one, Group D, with seventy percent of the vote. Uh, Clint Dempsey's winning in Group C with 53% of the vote. Close. Um, yeah, so Moussa Dembele's on 30% there. Ryan Sessegnon's on inexplicable 14 um, <laughs> Simon um, Davies on the big 3% uh, in Group B. Uh, with Stephanie Hansen's on 3% as well. Um, in Group B, Breda Hangeland 60%, Tom Kearney 29%. And Group A is the closest one. It's Mark Schwarzer on 40 and Danny Murphy on 44. Hello, I'm Breda Hangeland and you are listening to the Fulhamish Podcast. Now back to the current day. On Saturday, we take on Lee Johnson's Bristol City at Craven Cottage. And to get a Robin's view and thing, we were joined by Stanley Johnson for the One Shoe in Bristol podcast. And we started off by asking him what he's made of the season so far. The sort of um, opinions inside the club by uh, the chairman and the manager with the top six was the minimum requirement this season. We sort of flirted with it in recent years and then faded away. Um, after our opening game, we lost 3 0 uh, 3-1 to Leeds rather than there are a lot of fans thinking oh no are we really going to be outside of the top six again this season but we strengthened signed six or seven players sort of got, got rid of stalwarts like Marlon Pack and Jamie Patterson and considering the amount of injuries we've had you know Thomas Callas our record signing Benekofobe was our top scorer to silver our left wing back to be in and around the top six you know with, with, the, with the players we've missed out on I think is somewhat, somewhat a decent achievement. If we're looking at Bristol City, one thing that it is often said is they're a very streaky side. You know, they always get in these runs of winning games, and then, you know, if, if you're looking at the form now, it's only obviously, obviously only two wins in the last five. What do you think that's down to? The streakiness. Well, I guess it's streaky Johnson, our little gaffer. Um, well, I think if we knew, then I think we'd win 46 in a row instead of uh, winning eight, losing eight, winning eight, losing weight. Um, it'd be not. It'd be nice to sort of have a. A season where you just trundle along, really. But I think, I think to be honest, I think once our players come back from fitness and we see the likes of Jada Silva, if we sign a striker in January, we might be bringing Jamie Patterson back as well. Then we'll start to see this team really start to churn out the wins, and that's what happened last time this season around this sort of uh, Christmas period. We went 14 games unbeaten. Yeah, because obviously it's been, you know, you've been as you said floating with the top six for a couple of seasons now. But one thing that you mainly do is beat us at Craven Cottage, so you must be looking forward to coming on um, Saturday. <laughs> Yeah, I can't wait. I must admit, I was just watching the two-minute compilation of our four most previous wins, and I've got a Titanic music out for Lee Tomlin's last-minute free-kick winner. Um, I've, I've got to say, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but the, the tickets for this away game sold out within one minute. Um, they went on sale at 10 a.m., um, and by one pass, I logged on at one past and was pretty much the last person to get the ticket. Obviously, that's partly due to the, as you guys know well, the, the stadium reshuffling. But um, yeah, I think for some reason, this, this sort of away game has been idolised by Bristol City fans. They can't get, get enough of Craven Cottage. Um, but I guess when you win four in a row, you sort of want to be there for the fifth win. Yeah, I remember that Lee Tomlin free kick. That was an absolute sucker punch, that, that goal. We were both struggling at the time, weren't we? And and that was the, I said this before, that was the only time where I thought that Fulham were going to get were gonna get relegated. <laughs> um, but yeah, what, what other memories of Craven Cottage do you have as, as a Bristol City fan? I mean, so I, I'm lucky. I've, I, I, I've been there for the last two. I didn't go there for the League Cup or the Tomlin one, but I think I was in the middle of a forest and loud, loud scream and a few people came running in my direction worried if I'd, you know tripped over and broke my leg, but it was just celebrating um, Lee Tomlin's mercurial talent. Um, I was there for the last two games. I loved the, uh, the midweek game where we won 2-0. That was probably more enjoyable than the 4-0, just because there was so much talk about how Fulham maintained the ball, how you're three in midfield, and 
you've got to be worried about Tom Kearney. And I think we just just shut you out the whole game. And when you've got Bobby Reed, who you guys know well, and, and Joe Bryan um, sort of running down the flanks, you've always got a chance. So I, I think the, la- the last two wins I, I've both been to. So those are the... Those are the memories. Yeah, because often in that that four 0 victory in in is in the league is people often say that's the best championship side Fulham have have seen well, in in an individual game at Craven Cottage. So again, that's probably showing your shrinkiness. But if you if we're looking at the team this season, if if who has who has been the the bright sparks of the season so far? Well, unfortunately, I'd say it would be Benacafobe after sort of five games. He had sort of uh, three goals and three assists or something like that, and it was finally and Andreas Feynman finally had a strike partner who could run the channels in a similar manner and we could press from the front and Casey Palmer had two options all the time. Um, in terms of bright spark, I t- I'd say Dan Bentley was a good summer signing from Brentford. It's the first time Bristol City have spent money on a keeper for three or four years. And at two million, he looks you know, a bit of a bargain in some ways. He's, he's certainly saved us points already at this stage in the season. I think I'd have to go for Josh Brownhill, though. I mean, it's only his second full season at centre mid. In the recent games, he's playing out wide, but I think the sort of the, the consistency in his performances um, is quite surprising when you consider he's only 22. If we're looking, obviously, at Thomas Callas, you know, a player that Fulham fans know very well, spent two scenes on loan at the club. Do you think at Bristol City he's finally found his home after you know a billion billion loan spells away from Chelsea? Yeah, I think it's a billion and one. You might need to check your stats there. Um, yeah, no, he's a, he's, a good, he's a good lad, Thomas, and he was announced on the roof of Ashton Gate to, to much clamour and adoration from Bristol City fans. Eight million's a lot of money, even for a small tin pot club like us. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think that is home, yeah. I mean, he's signed on a permanent, so you'd hope so. It'd be a bit worrying if we sold him after just one full season. It's a, it's a real shame with his, with his injury um, early on the season because he was looking pretty good. He's had a, a mixture of partners over the... <laughs> over this season. Last season, um, losing Adam Webster was huge. He's gone to Brighton for 20-odd for 20 million and hasn't really lit the world alight there, but we certainly missed that sort of running out from the back and, and, and ball-playing centre-back. But yeah, I, I think Callas, you, I'm sure if you asked him, he'd say he's enjoying Bristol because it's a nice place to live. It's certainly better than, uh, than Middlesbrough. <laughs> um, and obviously you've got Bentley in goal as well. Like for my money, he's been one of the best goalkeepers in the Championship in the past few years. How has how's, how's he been for you? Yeah, he's been fantastic. I think Lee Johnson said in an interview uh, a few weeks ago that if, if, uh, if the England goalkeeping squad suffered a few injuries, um, he should sort of be on the, on the list to, to, to be called up. I think that's a little bit OTT in Johnson getting ahead of himself, but I think for two million, he's certainly a bargain. And he's, he's one of those keepers really where he, he, he can sort of do it all. You know, he's got good distribution. He's big enough. He's physical enough. Um, he talks. He's a, he's a, seems like quite an intelligent chap and keen, keen to communicate with what is sometimes a young back four in our team. So, yeah, I, th- I think he's been fantastic and certainly money well spent. If we, look, obviously we spoke about your attack in, you know, Benegafobe and Ryman. You talk about your defence and goalkeeping, Bentley and Callas. So we look at the midfield. Who is the one to cause the most damage there? Is it the obvious answer which people will be looking at in Brownhill or do you think there's, you know, uh, sort of trouble from all over the middle of the park? Uh, I mean, I, I'm interested to pick up on the, on the word damage because most of our centre mids don't get too many goals and assists. I mean, Brownhill sort of will, will flirt with shots sometimes from distance. Um, I, I think, and I'm, it's only me thinking, if we're going to go for it, we'll play 4-4-2 and Brownhill will be on the uh, right mid despite being uh, uh, normally a centre mid. Um, and on the other side will be uh, Nicholas Eliasson, who's the top assist maker in the championship. Um, he's sort of been in that side over the last two years. You get a sense that Lee Johnson maybe doesn't trust him defensively. But um, considering the amount of assists from set pieces and, and goals he's scored with limited game time, 
Uh, he started um, against Huddersfield and he got a goal and two and a half assists. Maybe one was chalked off because it was an own goal. So I think he's the one to cause danger. If he might start, he might come on on the hour mark while we change our formation, but he's the one to cause the most uh, damage, rather, to Fulham. Well, Stanley, the tickets sold out in one minute. You was lucky enough to get one of those. What is your score prediction for the weekend? Oh, score prediction. I mean, to, to win four, and, I mean, it's a shooter's fallacy, isn't it? You know, if something keeps happening, you presume it's going to happen forever. So only an idiot will predict a fifth win in a row for Bristol City, which is why I'm going to go 3-1 to us. <laughs> Three one, Stanley. I wasn't expecting that. Always a pleasure to talk to you, though, Stanley, and have you on on the show. Look forward to speaking to you again soon, Stanley Hughes. There from one stream in Bristol, he was saying three one. Ooh, I mean, Fulham on a four game winning streak. Dom, how's this one going to play out in your prediction? Well, so it's a tough one because we literally just always lose to Bristol City at home. I remember the game where they put they played them twice in a week. I think we played in the League Cup and then in the league, and we lost both. Seen probably about seven or eight goals in the process. I think Tammy Haybrown basically just tore us apart twice in the space of a week when he was on loan there. So it's a tough one. Yes, we're on his great run of form, but it's Bristol City at home. We haven't beaten them in the league since we've come down from the Premier League the first time, and obviously they got promoted from League One, so who knows. But on our run of form, you'd expect we're going to put that behind us. You know, that's that's an old team. That's that's not what, what this team's about. So... Yeah, I think we, we should be we should be looking to win this game. We shouldn't be looking at anything else. I understand the poor record, but it's Bristol City at home, a fellow player contender at home. This is a game you simply must win. And what is your score prediction? You almost like, sounded like you was talking yourself into that. <laughs> no, I, I'm going to go 3-1. Three, oh, uh, yeah, above yeah, this for yeah, Fulham. Yeah, yeah, it's the same yeah, scoreline yeah. as Stanley, but the reverse uh, guy. Yeah, I mean... Until we just spoke to Stanley, then I was I was really fancying it, but <laughs> but now he's he's reminded me of, of he's just, got in your head just what a poor record we do have against him, but yeah, I mean, talk about streaky, they're so inconsistent, um, yeah. and they've lost to West Brom four one away recently, so I, I feel think like the teams are beating the last five it's Huddersfield and Cardiff, yeah, they're um, not gonna make three relegated teams out of three. Uh, hello, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go full and win. I'm gonna go. 3-0. How does free beer sound to you? Well, as a loyal listener to Fulhamish, we'd like to reward you with just that, free beer. It's thanks to our friends at beer52.com who are giving you the opportunity to sip 10 free exclusive craft beers from all around the world. All you need to do is go to beer52.com slash Fulham and cover the £4.95 for the postage. So you will get sent 10 craft beers the very next day. All you need to do is cover that postage. Now, if you don't know about Beer 52, they are beer pioneers. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting beers from the greatest small batch breweries the planet Earth has to offer. Each month, Beer 52 will deliver a case with a different theme. Past themes have included Germany, Korea, Norway and many more, but they're also passionate about the UK craft beer scene too. Beer 52 don't hold you to ransom. There's no lock-in and you can leave anytime. Your first box will be sent to you the very next day. So to take advantage of this deal, just go to beer52.com slash Fulham. That's beer52.com slash Fulham and get your first case of 10 craft beers for free. All you need to do is cover the postage. That's beer52.com forward slash Fulham. Well, that's it for this week's Extra Podcast. Make sure to get your votes in for the Fulhamish World Cup Player of the Decade to make sure your favourite makes it through. Hope to see many of you down at Craven Cottage on Saturday as possible. Come on, you whites, up the Fulham. We'll be back on Monday for a full debrief of the action. <laughs>